other days it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong And everything in between Yo, it's crazy, amazing We can turn our hearts through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life
can't complain. Um, anything going on on your mind? What's going on there? Any any news? Uh, not really. Um, all, all, the 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 news here is, I don't know. It, it, it tends to be sad and depressing. Um, I have some 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 things that I want to share. Um, later on, but uh, I don't know. It just just seems like every day I am convinced whether I talk to people, I observe them, or I just uh, see things on the news, I'm convinced that we live in a very selfish world and people think about themselves. And I can't think of a more timely subject or conversation, Tammy, um, because it just seems like People will say and do what they feel will get them to where they're trying to go. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you look at our current um, administration in the White House, um, it, it's just. But it doesn't stop there. It's just. It's just all over. Um, and knowing that we like to focus on transformation, I really hope that people will take this show to heart and. Search them themselves and search their hearts um, the same way that you and I like to do and the same way we like to encourage other people to do. Because we are... I'm glad you said that because as I, was, as I was just kind of pondering, um, as I try to do most Mondays just before the show, you just kind of sit and just think about the topic and apply it to my life. Because, again, so often I think people think because, especially I'll, I'll speak for myself on this, that because... You know, I'm here doing this, that life is a clean sheet of paper, and it's not. And as I sat here and thought about today how um, if we really want this world to change, if we really want our the world, our space, the people that we have allowed and we continue to allow or choose to be in our circle, it's really not about them changing it's about mm-hmm. me changing. Um, I, and, and what I thought about was be the change that you want to see in the world and also, again, be the change that you want to see in other people. And I agree with you um, so timely for this topic as you talk about selfishness because I think a l- many of the lies that, that are told and accepted um, mm-hmm. are from a sense of pride but not just pride, um, manipulation, and we can always go back to fear, whether people want to acknowledge the internal fears that that they experience from time to time or on a on a ongoing basis. Um, but if you're gonna do trans, I think we're we're all we all should face face our own transformation or need to make that decision to face ourselves at one point in life. And then that, that decision becomes, what do I do with what I face? And I think a lot of people um, see themselves, get a, get, a, get a picture of themselves and don't want to make that change, either for blaming, blaming, hey, the way I was brought up, my mom, my dad, my siblings, my where I lived, how much money we had, um, but there comes a point in life where we just have to take responsibility for who we are, where we are, and even the people in our lives. Like, w- w- what's going on? Because 
I think you and I were talking, or somebody, it may not have been you, I think we've talked about this before, we really, no, it wasn't you, I'm sorry, it was Vernice, that we attract not, you know, basically who we are. There, anybody, mm-hmm. I think, that comes into our life and that's there has a purpose to serve. Now, whether it's, like they say, a time for, for a lifetime, for a season, for a reason, I do feel like people are in your life for a purpose. And the beauty in, in knowing yourself enough, is just to go back to the topic, to, to be honest and to be truthful at all costs, as much as possible. And I know people, we, we do, we tell the white lies like, oh, I love your hair, or do you like my hair? Yeah, and you really don't. But but we're talking about, and even those, I think we'll get into those a little bit too, but even, even those lies will, I think, uh, open the door for others. So... I think uh, what you're talking about, the, the selfish world, people are really are so selfish, um, even to the point in, in driving. I, I thought about that today as I was driving around, how people are so selfish that they don't want to take a second to let you in or to allow you to turn. There's, it's so me, me, me. And like you said, they will tell or say anything to win, Whatever winning is to them, and sometimes not just to win, just to feel better, and that feeling goes away. So, um, great way to start uh, for those of you just for our housekeeping. Let me get back. I think I need to open the chat room. I do. You're probably already out there, aren't you, Rodney? You know I am. I'm ready. I'm ready. The teacher in <laughs> <And> you. <laughs> So I have it open, coming open now. But for those of you who are listening um, by phone, remember, select the number one. And you guys have really been quiet for a very long time, many weeks. I think Bo chimed in last week. It didn't have much to say, which was no week before last, which was so interesting to me because he always has something to say. Um, but chime in um, because what, what you said, Speak out what you say. I do believe when we hear it, when we speak it, when we verbalize it, it does something. So speak up, speak out. Tell us what you're going through. Tell us what you think about the topic. Tell us what you want to talk about um, in the future. So share share your thoughts. But to, the way to do that, if you're listening by phone, uh, select the number one, and then we'll pull you in uh, by identifying you uh, the area code that you're calling from and the last four digits of the number that you're calling from. And um, this is Rodney's thing here. He says that we won't um, tell who you are. I can't always promise that because I'll forget <laughs> and might say your name. So, um, that's okay. We have, no, we, we have no fear. But if you don't want us to, you better text me or something and tell me not to. But we'll try. The uh, chat room, if you want to chat with us there, remember you just type your comments or questions there in the section. You do have to be a registered follower of the show, and the way to do that is just follow the prompts there on the blog talk, Butterfly Evolution blog talk site uh, where it says register as a follower. Um, Let's see, what else? Should we do our trash can, baby, Rodney? I think you should, Tammy. So... I think somebody needs to come on and, and has anybody did that? Have you? We've said that, talked about that the last couple of shows. Um, 
if anyone has did that lately, moved their trash can and, and going through any kind of experience uh, with it, please let us know. I'm going to nominate uh, Latasha, Bo's wife. I nominate that you and Bo do this, keep notes, and, and tell us who wins. So um, this is mm. just us asking you to, in order to promote not just transformation, but the but just your getting in the zone of thinking about the mind, the mindset, and how. I mean, y'all, the mind is something else. It it it. You really have to be intentional when it comes to taking control or renewing renewing your mind, um, because we have so much that we have, and I think the later in the game you start this process of transformation, the later you begin, the more trash cans you have to move. And, I, and, I, and that's, I'm, I'm just so serious about that. Because the more stuff you have in eternally, the more stuff you, you've had to deal with. And it's not the dealing with the stuff. I think it's the not, le- not dealing with it or not letting go, not dealing with it in enough, in enough to let go. So we ask that you move your trash can, and if you're a normal person, you will likely find that you are going back to the location that you moved the trash can from. And in doing so, allow that to um, help you think about what else, what what things am I doing out of habit? What What has my mind just kind of taken upon, and it's keep, keeping those things that are keeping me from moving forward. Yeah, the trash can is really, it's, it's really, um, it, it may seem like, oh, wow, that's, that's kind of stupid. However, I'm, I'm telling you, if you, if you start to look at your life and assess your thoughts, the things that you keep doing that you know are not beneficial, to, are not helpful in your life at all, how, how mm-hmm. what is that? It doesn't become so stupid or sound so mediocre when you think about the big things in your life. Just like with the lying, we can tell the small white lies, but I think over time in doing that, it becomes easier to tell the big lies where it really does begin to affect not just your life but the people in your life that you say you love, that you want the best for, and so on. So move that trash can and tell us um, – Log the journey and share it with us. So I'm nominating. Maybe we should start that a, a, a challenge, Rodney. Challenge people to move it and see what they get out of it. So I'm challenging Tasha and Bo to move it and Rodney in the area. Well, I, I was just gonna share um, um, an experience with the trash can being moved, and I didn't necessarily move move it, but the custodians in my in my room did. And so I was used to my custodians being in a certain spot. And so because I was used to the trash can being in a certain spot, I didn't know that they moved it. And so I went to, like, throw some trash, like, in that in that spot. And so the trash cans, I can't, where I was used to the trash can being, I wasn't, like, I'm, I, I'm not used to being able to see the, the trash can. I just know that it's there. And so one day, um, in fact, it was the day after they moved it or they didn't put it back in the spot where it was, 
um, in the evening. So the next morning, you know, I'm just like tossing trash there, right? <laughs> and finally, like, I walk over to that spot, and there's all this trash on the floor. And it was because I didn't I didn't move the trash for myself, and therefore I was thinking, well, they clean up, they might move it or they might pick it up, you know, to get the trash from off the floor or to clean around the floor, but they're going to put it back where they where it was. And because they didn't do that, I was left to pick up all this trash because I was so used to that trash can being in that same spot. Rodney, how did it make you now, – now, okay, let me ask you this. How did it make you feel um, that they moved it? Like, were you so caught up in it in where – you want? did you want it where it always has been? I should say that, ask you that. Well, so my first thought was, just like in any other case, if you're going to move my stuff, tell me. <laughs> so, now, we're talking um, about the trash yeah, was, can, right? Yeah, we're talking about the trash can, but – that was my first thought. Like, the bigger principle to me was you move my stuff and you didn't bother to tell me. So now I got this mess on the floor all because you didn't tell me, which, um, you know, which creates another issue with communication. Because if you had just told me, um, I may or may not have been looking for it, but chances are because of my habit, just being honest, I would have um, – I would have thought that it was that that it was that it was there. Um, okay, now right. Just being honest, because oh, I don't so. I don't adjust. I like I I'm one of those people. And Tim, I think another good example, and, and I'm going to turn it back over to you. I'm one of those people that like I'm okay with change, but at the same time, it takes me a while to get used to it. And I think if we all are honest, one mm-hmm. of the things, Tammy, that even if we, um. Let's say people don't move their trash can. Think about something as common as New Year's. How many times do you write the previous year on a check after the New Year? How many times do you write? For example, 2017 just came in in January. How many times did you write 2016? When 2016... 2016 came in, how many times did you write 2015 on the checks? I will tell you, it takes me a while as a teacher to change the date on the board. So when the new year comes in, I still write the previous year for weeks because I'm so used to doing it. And the kids are the ones who have to correct me. Hmm. Do they do? Do they seem to do better at it than you, the kids? Uh, the kids usually do. Um, why that is, I don't know. I could speculate a lot of reasons, but um, but they tend to do better at change than I do. Kids adapt uh, better than we give them credit for and more than we realize. And I think it's because that's their life, uh, most of them. Their life is, is um, especially when you find Poor children, they are used to um, adaptations. They're used to the lights being off. They're used to, oh, we got to move again. Uh, Oh, dad's here today. Oh, dad's gone. Now we got uncle. Now we got dad again. Now we got uncle, a different uncle. 
like kids are used to to to, to different changes, and so um, unless they are a child who has been given, I guess, a privileged life or a life of entitlement, which isn't a whole lot of kids, they tend to do better with change because they're so used to things changing, and we don't give them the credit that they deserve when it comes to change and transformation. I'm I'm so glad because the question I was gonna gonna bring up um, or ask you about because again it seems so trivial because we're talking about a trash can, but I can totally relate. Now I don't know how um, I would have been I would have been bothered, and here we are two people who come and talk to people every Monday night about change and transformation. But I would have wanted to know that you moved my trash can as well. Um, how they would have told me that I don't leave a sticky note or whatever. But, again, hear this as as trivia as it sounds and think about the bigger things in life. Um, I recently, and I'm still tripping over this, it is so hard for me not to call these people and tell them to do something different. But they they change that my trash can people, or the, my trash collectors, people come pick up my trash, my big, big can. It has been brown since the day that I moved into this house, and that's been many, many years ago. Many. Now they, my trash. Something happens to my trash can. We had a, a little storm or whatever, and it flew away. Got bent up pretty bad, and of course I didn't want the bent up one either because I'm so into my own self in that way as well. So I called. Said I need a new trash can. Well, they bought me a blue one. I absolutely hate this blue garbage can. I want the brown one. Like, I want the brown one. That sounds, to, to even to, to think about something that's so silly, to even be bothered by it, is crazy to me. However, yes. I'm going to acknowledge that, it, that it's, I'm, I'm, I still am I'm, I'm acknowledging that, yes, I'm bothered by this blue trash can, that, that really the color doesn't matter because it, it still serves its purpose. But just because my little ways and my um, wanting, I don't know what it is, but it's crazy. I'm, I'm, so I'm going to admit that I want the, my brown trash can back. However, I'm going to try to go as long as I possibly can without calling <laughs> and saying, bring me a brown garbage can back. And that's the same thing in life. I think when, we, when, when, we are, when we're faced with change or the need for change, I think we internalize that as something's wrong with with me. And you're probably right. There is something wrong with all of us. There's, I'll, I'll say there's something that needs to be tweaked, worked on, uh, changed. Um, and I think when we start with the small things, we can gradually go into the bigger things to where uh, life, we kind of take control over not life itself, because at the end of the day, I think the greatest thing is to to realize that you really don't have any control, that you really don't, mm-hmm. you can't control what has happened and you can't control tomorrow. So so why even lie? If, to talk about tonight's topic, why do we lie? And, again, I think that's to, to make us feel better. We'll get, we'll get into there. But the small things that we're talking about, about the trash can and, and the change, look at how much things change that we have no control over. Like, today was a very cool day to me, um, cooler than I think it should be at, at, in this, at this time of the year. But you think about mm-hmm. the seasons that change. We have, 
you know, days of the week, we have months, we have the years that change. And and just imagine if it was daylight all the time or if it was nighttime all the time, if the seasons did not change. And so I'm trying to look at that. We have to be open to change, but the best way, I'm not going to say the best way, I think the only way I feel that the world changes is that you change. And it's really not that the world changes. It's just that you come to yourself and you are more, you are accepting of yourself, which which allows you to be accepting to others in a way that you don't want them to be like you, but you want to be able to interact with them. And I think the 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 interaction, the relationships are also challenged because we people in general don't want to change. They don't want to face themselves. And so it's easy to blame somebody or to lie and, I don't know, go day to day with this, um, I'm going to say mediocre life that's not peaceful. So... Mm. Um, I think really it is all about the resistance to change in our own lives. Um, so I'm gonna coming back to the trash can. I'm gonna try to go as long as I can. I'm not gonna say I'm gonna make it with this blue trash can, but but I'm going to try because I know that. <laughs> and I do know that that's that's a small thing, but the bigger things in my life. Um, are affected because I don't want, I don't like change. I, I just, I like to, to know what I know and get used to what I know and deal with that. So I'm I'm really trying to deal with this blue, blue trash can because I know internally it's good for me to drive up and see. I even thought about putting it on the back so that I don't have to see it. And I said, well, no, I'm not going to do that because that's kind of like not dealing with it, which is, which mm-hmm. is, um, I can equate that to some other areas in life as well, like out of sight, out of mind. I don't have to deal with it or you or whatever. So um, I, I'll share something else that's kind of off the topic a little bit, but I was reading yesterday um, a book, and I and this book didn't talk about this particular thing, but it made me think about two things. I have... Um, a restaurant that I visited a couple of times, and it's really good to me. Like, the food is really good. And I was online to see what time they closed a few nights ago. I wanted to go. And so I started to see all of these, um, what do they call it, people rating them, I guess. And it was so many people that did not like the food. And I thought, well, that's kind of crazy because I love it. And But I'm thinking, again, preference. Our, our our likes, our dislikes. But had I never had I never gone there and had their food, I would have not. I would have decided not to go there based on those reviews. And so it's the same with life. I, I like some of us right here on listening to this show have dreams, and you'll tell someone. I was sharing with um, someone um, a few days ago about something that I wanted to do, and if I if I listen to this person. I would not do it because he came up with every, I think, everything that he could think of of why not to do it. So the same thing with that um, restaurant. 
And you may say that, what does this have to do with, with, with lying? I think that we lie to ourselves and to others so much, whether it's in small ways and unintentional ways or big ways and intentional ways, until we become so confused about who we are, what to do, and how to do our own life, that we live somewhere else. We try, maybe not intentionally, but we're caught up in trying to live someone else's life. And then I also remember, and I'm going to turn it back over to you right now, I also remembered um, moving from North Carolina to Florida. And I remember going to the grocery store and finding out that most of the things that I wanted to buy, this this city did not carry. <laughs> like, the grocery store didn't even carry it. And I remember standing in that grocery store just, I mean, pouting to no end every reason why I should have never moved here. <laughs> I mean, this is because I can't buy some things that I'm used to buying. And yeah. then that caused I mean, it just caused me to hate that place. And, I mean, I'm in a beautiful place where there is water and sand and the sun shines often. And for the longest, I hated that place. I allowed that, and it was just an excuse. But I, I lied to myself about why I hated this place. I found every reason but, but the real reason as to why I hated this place. And that's what we're talking about now. The truth behind the lies, whether you're telling them to yourself or someone else, there are consequences to those lies, even the small ones. There are consequences. Back over to you, Ryan. Kim, I'm going to read the uh, show description, um, and we're going to dive right into this thing. Um, it says, mostly everybody has lied at one time or another, but what happens when a person's life is built upon one life after another. What are the consequences to the liar and the person being lied to? What is being, what is going on internally when it becomes easier and natural to speak and live a lie? Why has most of society become so accepting of lies? Dying to live. Is it possible that the lies told and accepted by you are holding you and others back? Tammy, I think that these are some some great questions. And uh, before I answer, well, I'm, let, let's go through the questions. Let's go through the questions because I I I, I just really like these questions. Um. And later on, I'm going to share a few things that I found. But the first one is, what happens when a person's life is built upon one lie after another? Well, I think a couple of things happen. Um, destruction happens. Um, I think that people get confused about who they are versus who they have become. Um, I think that those that that life that they built upon um, these lives one after another, I think they um, 
whether it be along the journey or whether it all comes crashing out of the end, I think people have to deal with the lies that they've told. Um, I think that when you build a life upon lies, you start to think that those lies are the truth and therefore you tell lies or you tend to tell lies um, as if it is true, like you really believe that it's the truth because you've built this life um, based on on these lies. So I think that there are so many, I think that there are so many um, things that can happen when a person decides that they are going to build um, a life based on lies. Um, so we we could just start with that question, but there there are just so many um, things that I think you can pull out of these questions. Um, that we have for the show tonight. Uh, what do you think, Tammy? Um, well, what happens when a person's life is built upon one lie after another? I think we get what we are seeing in society today. We have people who are self, self-absorbed. I think um, because of the lies, life becomes or it seems unbearable, and then we try to hide that lie. Like we get so buried in the lies, so much so that we're unable to live. Like like people are, the, the smallest thing can tick somebody off. I mean, they can go from zero to 1,000 just like that, just like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I do believe that when your life becomes, and and I'm gonna say, I think it's even it goes deeper with the lies that we accept, um, and I think it's easier to accept lies when you're living a lie yourself. Like when you when you know that there is there is much truth behind your lies that you don't want to deal with, you're choosing not to deal with. That again, life becomes miserable. And if you look at the people today, um, as I was sharing with you about, um, well, I haven't shared this with, with, with a lot of people, but I have, I re- my job was after many, 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 many years, my job was phased out. And I tell you guys, it was, it was the best news I, and, and and it sounds still sounds crazy to those people who just really to me who just don't understand at this point in life. Um, so much so when I got the news, uh, my daughter-in-law said, "Mama, you sound really happy about it." And I was like, "I am. Like I am. I. I. Because I, it was so stressful. And and on the on the opposite side of this now, like being two weeks into this, I guess two weeks or so, I cannot." Believe that I that I stayed in so much stress. Now it was basically just the last two years, but I lived that lie, and I listened to people that say, "Oh, well, you you are from home. You should be happy. You should be this. You should be that." Well, that I wasn't. I wasn't, and that yeah, maybe a small thing, but so much happened 
because I do, I decided to live this lie of this is the it could have been the best job ever, but for me it wasn't. And so Rodney, as I was sharing with you today, I was looking out and I saw um, a job advertisement. And they listed, it seemed like a thousand things that they wanted one person to do. And I just remember closing it down thinking, that there is no way. You need ten people to do that. So equating that to this topic, the lies that we live, the truth behind a great number of the lies is based on, I'm going to say, false um I'll say the things that, based on what the world has put before us, what we need, what we what we what we don't need, um, what we should do, what is the success, regardless of what it's doing to you internally, regardless, regardless. So one of my my tr- truths behind my lies is, I guess I stayed because of the money. I guess. Basically. Mm. Basically. But then what is money if you're if you're if you're if you're stressed I guess eight hours of the day. If you if you feel Sunday night you you start to feel sick because Monday morning is coming. So mm. as I think, Wow, really did I did I just put up with this for the last two years? Really? Are we still here? <laughs> and so it, the thing, it has to become personal. Living has to become personal. Not selfish, not trusting, not egotistic, not uh, narcissistic, but just it has to become personal in a way that you recognize who you are, what works for you, and what doesn't. And how do you make what works? How do you bring it forth? And lying, the lies is not going to get it. They're not, not going to get it. Rodney, before I turn it back over to you, I want to read just a little bit from my favorite. And you guys have heard this over and over again for those of you who have listened often. But it's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite books of, in, in the whole wide world. I mean, probably, I don't know, I can't even compare it. And I have, have a number of them. But this is Further Along the Road Less Traveled. And it's uh, Scott Peck. But there's a section in here, and it's called The Blaming Game. But the section, the the chapter is The Blaming Game, but there's a section that is titled People of the Lie. And it says, it is no accident that people who commit the most evil in this world see no power higher than themselves. The evil are very strong-willed men and women. And because they are narcissistic, self-absorbed, and their will is supreme, they are the ones who are most into inappropriate and destructive blaming. They are the people who cannot, who will not, take the beam out of their own eye. For most of us, if there is evidence around us that might point to our own sin and imperfection, if that evidence if that evidence pushes us up against the wall, we usually come to recognize that something is wrong and we make some kind of self-correction. 
Those who do not, we call people of the lie. So it's saying those people who know that some self-correction needs to be done, but by no means they're not going to do that because it's not them. So those people are called people of the lie because one of their distinguishing characteristics is their ability to lie to themselves as well as others and to insist on being ignorant of their own thoughts thoughts and wrongdoing. Their guiding motive is to feel good about themselves at all costs. I want to read that again. Their guiding motive is to feel good about themselves at all costs, at all times, no matter what evidence there may be that points to their sin or imperfection. Rather than using it to make some kind of self-correction, they will instead, often at great expense of energy, set about trying to exterminate the evidence. Hmm. Tammy, you just made me think of something, um, and, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this first because we have a couple of people in the chat room. Uh, one left, it looks like, but um, when you when you were talking about lying and money, it made me think of. Uh, one of the people in the chat room, and I think this is who I think it is, and that would be David Lee. And I said, what are some of the lies leaders tell in church? Because I know that's an area that um, uh, he focuses on. But one of the things that you just made me think of, Tammy, is something that I've gone through recently and my reaction to it. I am not a judgmental person. By no means at all. I'm not a judgmental person. And with that, I'm going to also say I don't condone lying, but I don't condemn lying either because I'm not going to act like I'm so self-righteous that I've never told a lie as a child or as an adult. But here's my thing. I have a problem, not when people lie, because I get it. But I have a problem when you and I are face-to-face. And I'm pretty much telling you, I know that you're lying. Or I know what you did. And you insist on continuing this lie. Once you already once you already know or, or, or once you've been busted, why are you still lying? You've been busted. It's almost like this song She caught me in the shower, wasn't me. Got me on camera. Wasn't me. Like, wait a minute, dude. Like, they're pictures. And, and I just don't get, like, at that point, it becomes insulting that I know you're lying, but yet you continue this lie. Why? Why? Why are you so obsessed with your lying? And I'm going to read this, uh, Tammy. Um, I found this. 
and I want you to kind of comment on it, and 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 then we can. Um, uh, there is a comment in the chat room uh, from David Lee, but I want to read this, and I want to get your thoughts, and, and we can dig as deep into it as you want to. But it was posted on Psychology Today, and the title was Six Reasons People Lie When They Don't Need To. The number one reason people lie, according to this to this um, article here, it says the lie does matter, dot, 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 to them. That's number one reason. Number two Telling the truth feels like giving up control. Number three, they don't want to disappoint you. Number four, lies snowball. Number five, it's not a lie to them. And number six, they want it to be true. And I thought that these these six things were just profound, and that's and, and that's why I pulled them out. And like I said, we can we can dig into them, but it it blows my mind not so much when people tell lies, but more so when they are willing to go to their grave with lies, knowing that they've hurt people or knowing that they did something that may have caused harm, may have cost somebody their life, um, or they know that they've been caught up in their lie, but they find a way to put that lie back on you. And even going back to what I asked David in the chat room, how is it that you could be comfortable after praying to God, reading the Bible, preaching the scriptures, how can you be so comfortable telling lies in church? How can you be okay with this? How can you, if you are Donald Trump, how do you sleep with the lies that you tell? And not not, not just you tell them, you get caught up in them all the time. How are you okay with this? To me, that's a bigger issue than the lie itself. Why is it okay with you? You're better off repenting and asking for forgiveness. To me. But that's just me. Uh, David said in the chat room, Tammy, um, I believe the focus is the root cause behind why lies are told inside or outside the ter- inside or outside the church. I believe the root cause to be fear. What do you say, Tammy? Um, I think that is. I think fear is probably the root cause of many of our issues. Um, how and, and I think I do think that it is one of the top reasons. Um, that we lie, fear of what people will think, fear of our our image, fear that we have to face up to, in most cases, to what we already know. We got to now figure out what is, okay, this is a lie, but what is the truth? I think we're afraid of of the truth about who, the core of who we really are. And that's why people, 
they can get caught up like what I just read. They can get so caught up in this image. I think most people feel so defeated. And then it goes from that fear, some of those things that you read, like the lie does does matter to them. Um, telling the truth is giving up control. But, but what control if you're not living the truth? So, again, it all comes back to that lie, and I do believe, again, fear is a root cause, but I also think that there are those people who operate out of lies, out of pride, which is, again, my image. What will you think of me? Um, I don't want you to know the truth. And then you got manipulation. People, people, there are people that make a career out of lying. But the big question to me like what you talked about a little bit earlier, why will people stand up and just keep keep that lie going? For me, and I did this. I did this. I why why do we sit and entertain these people with these lies? They should not be our focus. No, I know. I, I mean, I have I have literally sat and known that people were lying, and I know that they're looking back at my face. Knowing you got to be reading my my language, I know that you're lying. Like you got to see it on me, and they will keep they will keep it going. So the bigger issue to me is not the person who's lying to me, but if I'm willing to sit through this lie. Like, am I really am I really gonna sit through this lie time and time again? Knowing you mm-hmm. knowing that you're lying, to me and me knowing that you're lying to me. So we're both we're both really sitting here really really crazy. In, in my opinion, but to answer that question, yeah, Rodney, I do. I think fear is the root of many, many things, and I think people are afraid of the consequences that that could come out of telling the truth. But to me, especially for those who, like you say, go in that pulpit or in the church, how can we be so comfortable um, with continuing to lie, with not being convicted of like with with David said, I think there was a great question. I, I don't know if you asked it or if David asked it asked about the people in the pulpit that lie to the congregation Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. We gotta we just gotta call it like it is. They're not they're not their concern is not your salvation, but is their your money. I mean that's we, there's no other way. How they're saying building numbers more to me more numbers more people more money. And getting you into this guilt game, filling you up with lies, because at the end of the day, and we won't get off onto the church thing, if my if if salvation if my salvation if I'll just I won't go to salvation, if this word is in me, you don't have to tell me when and what to give or who to give it to. You don't have you don't control that, and 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 there's nobody that I'm gonna stand before that has control over when and what. And how I give, or who I give to. So that very, a lot of people give out of emotion. They're so emotional and caught up in their own lives, they can sit before a pastor and know that he's lying. I've had women tell me, I know my pastor. We had a pastor here I, that got caught up in all kinds of. I mean, one girlfriend after another, people fighting in the church and everything. And then there were people that say, I know he's no good, but he can preach. Preach what? He needs to be sitting down <laughs> listening. Preach what? But that's the world that we're in. But if you're living that lie, then you want 
others in that in your company because again light and light if light to any darkness becomes the focus so if they don't want the truth they're going to be around the truth you want people to get one start telling them the truth start stopping them in the middle of their life stop lying and if you don't if you don't want to stop guess what i'm not going to listen to it imagine what would happen if somebody stood up in the congregation and say, you need to stop that lie right there. But see, those are the people who are running from church. And if they do, they're they're put out of the church. They're simply put out. Because, again, like I just read, people, the the strong-willed, the evil, are very strong-willed men and women. And because Mm. we are sitting around listening to the lies, especially the ones that are being told in the congregation. I mean, yeah, they're strong-willed. We're, we're, feed, we're feeding them. We're feeding them. We're giving ammunition to their lives because we're accepting of them. And, mm-hmm. again, look, look, at the, look at the world today. Look at the state of the people. You know what? I'm not worried. I, I am so not worried. Donald Trump, he is so not my issue. The White House, because... I got to first get this house in order. Mm. And when I get this house in order, or if I'm focusing on my house, this house, I don't, I don't care where they put Donald Trump or the next one in there. And I, I loved President Obama, but I wasn't focused on him either. Because he, he can't do nothing for my spirit or my soul. At the end of the day, he don't control where my food and my money come from. I can't give him that power. I cannot. So, I mean, it's so much behind this topic. It's so much about the truth behind the lies. And, and and again, the biggest lies we tell, the ones that we tell to ourselves and convince ourselves to believe it, to where our life is a big lie. Chairman, we, we have... We got to go. I'm sorry. We have a caller who would like to speak, and it's yeah. actually David Lee. David, are you there? Hey, family. How you guys doing? Enjoying the show. <laughs> good, man. How are you? I'm blessed. It's been a long time. It's always good to – sometimes I tune in, and y'all don't know I'm listening, but I absolutely enjoy, you know, the programs that you put on on Monday nights. Hey, we Thank appreciate you. it. Amen. You know, I wanted to, this particular topic, I really wanted to chime in on this one because you all are raising some really, really, um, this is a really sensitive, sensitive topic. And it's sensitive for a lot of reasons because this really, this hits home, you know, in the marriage. It hits home with, you know, between that relationship with a mother and her, you know, her children. You know, whether you're talking about school-age children or adult-age children, um, the thing that happens when you talk about why people lie between employer and employees, why employers may lie, why, you know, why, as, as, as Tammy has mentioned, you know, why pastors in the pulpit, and Rodney, you were touching on this as well, why pastors in the pulpit would potentially lie to the people who are trusting in them. And some of it is, I believe the root cause to it definitely to be fear, but I think 
And, and the reason I say that is because something happened in the human brain. <clears throat> Our brain is made up of a couple different regions. And I, most people know about that mid-region. Well, most people probably know about the frontal lobe, and the frontal lobe is where intelligence takes place. That's where reasoning, that's where personality kind of kicks in. That's where your rational thought, like this conversation that's being had, is being had out of that portion of the brain. But anytime safety is at risk or an individual feels that their safety is at risk, there are two other parts of the brain that kick in. One is the amygdala, and that's the back region of the brain. But that middle region of the brain is called the hippocampus. And the hippocampus is that region of the brain that reserves memory. It's where it's where our muscle memory, our emotional memory resides. It's in the middle section of the brain. It's called the hippocampus. And so for some people, whenever they're presented with a situation where they are confronted and they have to either tell the truth or tell a lie, sometimes the lie that they tell is tied to an experience that they've had that has an emotion attached to it. It probably is a, an old experience from their childhood or an old memory or old experience from a past relationship that caused them a lot of pain. And so when the situation comes up and they're presented with the opportunity, you know, to respond, they respond with a lie because the memory that's associated with that situation that they're in holds a lot of pain for them, and they don't know how to tell the truth. And it's easier for them to revert back to that protection mode. So rather than expose myself and really truly be vulnerable, because that's what it takes in order to tell the truth. I'm not, I mean the raggedy truth, truth that you think people won't accept. It takes truly being vulnerable in order to tell the truth, knowing that the truth that I'm going to tell you could potentially severely alter our relationship. It could alter the marriage. It could alter the church membership. It could alter the contract. It could alter all kinds of things. And so because people have that fear of loss, they fear the results of what may happen as a result of telling the truth. Sometimes people resort to telling something other than the truth because the truth in their mind is just too painful because they haven't matured to the point where they've learned to truly be vulnerable and just allow the truth to work the way it's going to work, whether it works so to David, their favor would you or say not. That they're trying to protect themselves from, from that, that, that kind, it kind of awakens that pain or that past hurt. Um, and so in a sense that they're maybe trying to, maybe even it naturally kicks in of protecting protecting myself from the consequences of this truth that this truth might bring? And the reason I would say yes is because our minds associate things. They may seem totally unassociated, but although I may have never been married before and had to tell my wife the truth, maybe as a child when I gave my mama the truth, Corporal punishment was just more than I could bear because my mom had no limits when she when it came to dishing out corporal punishment. 
So the last time I remember telling the truth, you know, my ear was hanging off the side of my head because mama didn't know any restraints. And so now my association as an adult in those situations when it comes to telling the truth is it becomes more comfortable for me to lie because that's my protection mechanism. That's my way, exactly as you said. It's my way of protecting myself. So sometimes when people lie, it isn't about other people. Sometimes, and not always, not always, and there's got to be balance in it, but not always, but sometimes the lie comes from a place of fear. I just don't know how you'll take what, I'm, what I got to tell you. I don't know how you'll respond to it. And in my mind, it could completely alter our relationship. It could cause irreparable damage in my mind. So I have to be mature enough to learn to be vulnerable enough to provide you with the truth and give you the responsibility of responding to it based on how that truth lands on you. Mm. Mm. So I'm going to jump back. I'm going to jump back in here. Um, so Tamari and I, um, we, we have several shows that we watch uh, throughout, throughout the year. And uh, one of them is Shades of Blue. And if you guys watch it, um, we've only seen part one of the season finale, so don't don't ruin it for us. But one of the things that we noticed was not just in um, last night's episode, part one, but just throughout the season was uh, Jennifer Lopez, one of the main characters, if not the main character, um, has told lies throughout the throughout the the series, but when you think about the the lies that she's told, and you really dig deep into them, they always went back to her daughter. Right? She, whenever she was faced with the situation. It was if it came down to her daughter and her boss, she chose her daughter. So she lied or did whatever she had to do to protect her daughter. No matter who it was, her daughter came first. So she she did what she had to do to protect her daughter. But when it came to the guy she fell for, um, she found herself in a tight spot. Um, and she was on the verge of losing him for the second time. And what she did was the guy was looking at her sideways because of some choices she made and some things that she had done and the way that it was so easy for her to cover it up. And she wanted to know, I mean, he wanted to know, who is this woman that I've allowed myself to get involved with, that I've allowed myself to fall for? And she did exactly what you were just talking about, David. She went in to talk to him and just made herself completely vulnerable and told him the truth about things that he was curious about 
things that she had done, and it remains to be seen. Maybe it was seen in part two. We haven't seen it yet, but I thought it took a lot of courage to open up to somebody about the things that she opened up about. And I really think that you have to really love somebody and really care about somebody to put those things out on on the on the line in the way that she did. And I told Samaria, I can't say that I would be with her after the things that she's told me, but I can't say that I would be without her either. Um, I think it's one of those things where it's like it just depends on the person and it depends on the feelings that you have for that person. Because what do you say when somebody puts it all out there? Do you accept that person and forgive them for who they are, accept them for who they are, or do you say, okay, you know what? I understand that this is who you are. I have nothing against who you are, but I can't be with you in that manner. And I think that's just a matter of uh, personal preference. But that's just me. Um, And that could be a question that you guys could answer. If people really told you the truth, could you stay with them in the manner that you were before they told you the truth? If it's a relationship, if your spouse came out and told you everything that may or may not have happened or that you may or may not know about, would you be going to divorce court or would you be trying to work through those things? If your employer told you about promotions that you should have had, that, you know, you did not get for all the wrong reasons, could you stay there? You know, these are some tough questions. And so, David, I think you brought up some really good points. Um, But, again, I think it's it's left up to the person when we talk about what we deserve and what we don't deserve because even in the Bible it talks about how God God has mercy on who he chooses. Mm-hmm. And so it, you know, it, it it it's a sticky situation. I think. You, you know, before you know, and, and David, I want you to jump back in here too. But I I want to say uh, you brought up some great points because even it makes me look at it a bit differently because people, when you think about fear, past hurt, and, and pain, I think much of our pain comes from. Um, Stories of our past, and we're so, um, we're so. I think the word is domesticated to where from our past to to where even the smallest things. There's a part in in the book that I'm reading now, The Mastery of Self, that talks about domestication, and it it references a young boy who is eating, and he tells his grandmother, "I'm full. I don't I don't want any more." Well, she in returns makes him feel so guilty and almost gets to the point where she wants to pull out the belt to make him eat. But he's really he really is full. But because he's saying, you know, Grandma, I don't I don't want any more I'm full, um, she talks about how it's so bad for him to be so appreciative of of, of 
having food and how many kids are, are without food and to the point where he decides, I'm, j- I'm just going to eat it. But he associates it with being this bad person um, or like Dave was saying, get, having to get a whooping because he didn't, he's full and he doesn't want it anymore. Now, growing growing up and taking that into life, and it may sound so, again, so mediocre, but taking that into life, that can not not across the board, but it can affect how he responds or how truthful he is about many things. Think about how many people eat until they're just overeat. But what would be a what would be a solution to that? A little bit at a time. Like if you want more, if you ask for more, then yeah, you eat that. But but don't pile it up on your um, on someone's plate and then say you got to eat it all. So it's just even at a young age, the things that we don't think about. Even the, the smallest things, because what David said, how, how our mind, even with the trash can baby, how our mind keeps up and it associates things, and it's, all, it's different for all of us. So when people tell you the truth, Rodney, to answer your question, I think over on, on, on the surface, no, people really don't, they, they, they really at the end of the day, I think they want the truth, but they cannot not prepared to handle the truth. And at the same time, I think people know, for, for the most part, the truth. Maybe not all of it, but they know that there are lies. Even like going back to the church, people go Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, knowing, knowing the power of God, knowing, because the, the, the Bible tells us that it's, it's, it's made so clear to us so that we will be without doubt. Yet we go and we listen and we listen and we listen and we see people not changed, which is which is a totally contradiction to the word. I'm sorry, you cannot knock and not find, seek and not find, knock and the door not answer. If you are truly coming before God with your whole heart seeking him, I'm sorry, there's going to be some change take place in you. We can't time that change, but that's how people can stand up and give that lie, and that's how people can sit down and receive it. But, David, you brought up a good point with we got to think and see, see people even with, and I'm not saying give people excuses for their lies, but understand that those lies may be coming from a different place than we may see, but that's why the truth is needed because the lie doesn't help them move past, doesn't help them acknowledge it and move past it so that they can live. And David, don't forget before I want you to get back in here, and please don't forget to to um, tell the people about your book, how they can get it, and whatever else you want to share. That's beautiful. You know, I'm I'm really truly just enjoying this conversation. It's I think it's very focused. It's very th- this conversation, this topic that you all are, are taking up tonight is very therapeutic, and this is the kind of the kind of discussion that people can. You know, you can light your candles and draw a nice bath and, you know, (laughs) shut the door. And your voice is a soothing. And the things that you're saying, they're reaching deep. This is the kind of stuff that people pay all kinds of money to get, you know, to help walk them through some very dark times in their lives. Um, So I really want to kind of stay focused on, on that vein because I believe that a show like this, 15, 20 years from now, someone will call this show up and have an answer that could literally save their lives. 
that can literally mm-hmm. save their lives, not just their marriage, but that can literally save their lives because this kind of truth transcends time. This kind of truth doesn't go away. It, it's true to who we are, to our core as human beings. And as long as there are people, you know, this truth will apply. So, Tammy, this my mind goes in so many different places. I just got to settle on something. So what comes to mind for me is the story of Samson. And most people overlook the fact that Samson was married before he met Delilah. <clears throat> and they overlook it because, you know, it's not a very popular read to read through. Judges, <laughs> the book of Judges is not very exciting. You know, nobody's running around here quoting, you know, <laughs> the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him kind of thing, you know. <laughs> Everybody wanted to quote, quote you know, Philippians uh, 4, 4, 4, you know, uh, 413, you know, <laughs> I can do all things through Christ and strengthen me. But they're not trying to quote Judges. Nobody's in that book memorizing scriptures. And so they miss time-transcending time truths like the fact that Samson was married and that his marriage fell apart because he lost trust for his wife. After he confided in her about a secret that he had, and everybody kind of knows the story about the riddle that Samson had given to the Philistines and told them if they could answer this riddle, you know, that he would do certain things for them. Well, they talked to Samson's wife and got his wife at that time to tell her the secret to the riddle so that she could come back and tell them. <coughs> Pardon me. And she did it. And Samson realized after he had gone back to the guys to settle up on whether they could answer this riddle or not, they, he realized that they had spoken to his wife and that his wife had betrayed his trust. Now, we're talking about lies and why people lie. And I think we also need to explore what people need in, need in order to tell the truth. And so what Samson needed in that relationship he had, the Bible says that Samson loved this woman who was of the Philistines, and his parents gave him a hard time about it, but they knew that this thing was of the Lord. He really did love this woman. She goes unnamed, but the Bible says that he loved her, and he loved her so much that he told her everything, including the secret to this riddle that he had out there with these fellas that he was having this little competition with. He never thought in a million years that his wife would betray his trust. And when she betrayed his trust, their marriage literally fell apart. It fell apart. His wife ended up getting burned up in her house along with her father, and it sent Samson over the edge. It sent him so far over the edge that he eventually, some years later, finds himself with his head in the lap of Delilah. And I'm not really trying to be preachy. I'm just trying to use some biblical illustrations to help us to understand practically what we deal with when we talk about lies and what we need in order to create that safe place in our relationships so that people don't feel like they have to lie. So Samson finds himself with Delilah. Delilah asks Samson over and over and over again, tell me your secret. And Samson associated that 
with that past relationship he had with his wife. And all Samson did, every time she would ask him his secret, is he lied. He says, oh, well, if you bind me up with some, some, go down there to the hardware store and get you some new cords and tie my hands and feet up, that'll do it. That'll zap my strength. He's lying. And the reason he's lying is because he doesn't trust her. And the reason he doesn't trust her is because of what he's been through. And so in order for people to, to, to really get to that place where they can really truly, tr- you know, tell the truth, there has to be an environment of trust. And it has to be mutual. Mm. I have to be able to trust you that I can, you know, we use this old catchy phrase back in the day, you know, I need to be able to show you my wounds. I need to be able to stand in front of you naked and not worry if you're going to laugh or not. I need to be able to show you my wounds and not worry if you're going to judge me or not or hurt me even further. And so for Samson, it took him a while before he could really trust Delilah to the point that he could tell Delilah his secrets. He had to lay in her lap quite a few times before he could eventually get there. And so it is for us in these relationships, whether they're religious, with our ministerial staff, for whatever reason, if people feel the need to lie, that is simply an indication that I'm not, I'm not comfortable being vulnerable. And the reason I'm not comfortable being vulnerable is because I don't trust something. Either I don't trust this environment, or I don't trust you, or I don't trust the people who are associated with you. And so we have to create these environments where there's trust and safety before we can get to vulnerability. Telling the truth is a result. It is a byproduct of vulnerability. And so until we really can get at, until we really can get environments where there's trust, a safety where I, I feel like I can share with you. I can, I can tell you whatever. If I don't have that, I may not tell you a bold-faced lie, but I may not be completely honest with you either. David, um, this is Rodney. I have a question for you. Um, do you think um, in the case of Samson and, and anyone else, do you think the more he lied, the weaker he became and the stronger Delilah came, became? I think there was this, you're, what you're describing is a symbiotic relationship. I think that his insecurities, I think that insecurities were fed you know, by her, his perceived threat of her. Mm. So even if Delilah wasn't empowered, you know, to do what she did, in the mind of Samson, in his mind, he wasn't in that place where he could relinquish, you know, any power of himself over to her to trust her enough with the truth. Gotcha. The, the the reason why I asked is is because I I've I've wondered um, 
for for a long time if we give the power we have away number one um when we can't let go of the past, so I'm glad that you touched on um you know his his previous experience. Um, so I've always wondered, you know, do we give our power away to the past? And then number two, the things that happen after that, does that um, slowly eat away at us or um, take away from, from what we have? For um, kind of like a domino effect, you may only start off by knocking down one domino right and that's not really a big that big of a deal but when that that domino knocks down another domino and then it keeps knocking down dominoes well you started off with just one domino down but now you have 30 dominoes knocked down so now you know that there's more power being lost um and and so I've wondered if when we do certain things, does it slowly eat away at us or slowly take away the power from us and give it to the adversary? This is this is such good stuff. It's very therapeutic. <laughs> what it does, what it does, is it imprisons us. Hmm. It imprisons us, right, so Mm -hmm. that whatever relationship potentially we may be in, we become imprisoned to that fear, and we respond out of that fear, and we respond, and you you see people like this all the time. They're in line in the grocery store, and they are going off for no reason. It's rooted in something. You see them with their children, you know, and, I mean, they they respond. There's a physiological response from them. Their blood pressure rises. They see red. They're sweating, and they're beating the kid half to death, right? You see it with their spouses. You see it with their siblings. You see it with their mm-hmm. employers, Right. So they, I don't know that it's so much that they're giving power away as much as it is that they are imprisoned by that thing. Mm. And so it's good discussion, but it's always good to balance the discussion with solutions. So the solution to it is that people have to recognize, you have to recognize, uh, in some industries they call them triggers, Mm-hmm. You have to recognize what sets you off, and you have to begin to understand why you are responding the way you are responding. There is a reason. It's rooted in something. And when mm-hmm. people can understand the things that set them off, it helps. We talk about that the, the, the hippocampus, that region of the brain, which is tied to emotional memory. But then the frontal lobe of the brain, you know, that, that lobe of the brain is in, ch- in charge of intelligence. That's the thinking part of the brain. And we understand that to be the frontal cortex, right? 
So what happens is as you start to understand those things that set you off, those things that take you there, those things that potentially cause you to, to shrink back in fear and potentially tell a lie when you should tell the truth, if you start to recognize that in yourself, you start to engage that thinking part of your brain. That prevents you from lying to yourself, right? It prevents you from, from going down that, that, dark, that dark hole and just believing the lies that you're telling. But as you see yourself, you feel your heart racing. You feel your palms getting sweaty. You feel yourself feeling pressured and backed into a corner. And you feel yourself getting ready to become defensive and to make up a lie to save face or to protect your reputation or, you know, not to look like you weren't doing something that you probably shouldn't have been doing. You engage that thinking part of your brain that says, wait a minute, I recognize something about this situation doesn't feel safe for me. What is it? Why don't I feel comfortable right now with telling my wife the truth? Why don't I feel comfortable right now with telling this congregation being completely transparent about this particular budget? What is it about what is it about me in this in this exchange? Why am I so fearful? What is it that I'm afraid of? And why am I afraid? And someone coined this, this phrase some years ago. They called it fear is false evidence appearing, rear, uh, appearing real. I'm not a really kind of catchy, phrasy kind of guy. You know, I'm pretty practical. Mm-hmm. But that, that particular phrase, I think, kind of really hits home. It's fear is just false evidence appearing real. And when you engage that frontal cortex of your brain, that's your thinking part of your brain. And when we talk about the spirit of God, the spirit of God speaks to us. He will counsel you. God doesn't work through your emotions because your emotions are unstable. They're all over the place. So when God gets ready to speak to us in the middle of a situation where we're ready to fly off the handle or we're ready to lie, the spirit of the Lord will speak. But what sometimes gives God that ability to reach us, and it isn't that he doesn't always speak, is sometimes we can't hear him because we are in ourselves. We are in our emotions. And nobody can reach. There's some people, nobody can reach them once they get in their emotions. Mm. And so if we recognize I'm going there and we take a moment And we identify, okay, I'm getting worked up. I may have to walk off. Let me come back to you on that because I don't want to say something that I'm going to regret. I don't want to lie to you. Mm -hmm. So let me just remove myself from this situation because I'm feeling a little bit too pressured right now. I'm I'm feeling like I'm, I'm kind of being put under an examination table, and I don't want to say something that I don't want to say. So let me just walk off and let me come back and talk when I feel it's a little safer and then I can explain to you out of the frontal cortex, the rational, the thinking part of my brain, rather than responding to you out of the emotional part of my brain because the emotional part is going to protect. The emotional part is going to lie. 
So, so I got a question before I turn it back over to Tammy, um, and I just want to remind you guys: um, if you have a question or a comment, um, please uh, first dial in eight one eight six nine one seven four zero six, and then um, if you press the number one, we'll be able to pull you in, and you can ask that question to myself, uh, Tammy, or you can ask it to David. It's totally fine. Um, so we've gotten to the root of the problem. And let's let's let, let's say that it that, that the root of the problem is fear. Um why is it that going into the second part of our question, which is the first part of it is why is it that people choose fear over freedom? And then Tammy, I'm turning it back over to you. But I, I do want to hear from David on that, and, and and from you, Tammy, and anyone listening to this show. But why is it that we choose fear over freedom? Mm. Baby, you want to take that first? I mean, it's a, it's a great question. It's a great question. You know, in in corporate America, I train um, I train corporate leaders, <clears throat> and this is specifically the stuff that I do in corporate America. It's leadership training, and um, we talk about emotional intelligence and, you know, effective communication and why organizations break down and how to build trust and all a whole litany of things. You can't even imagine all of the stuff, you know, that, you know, I talk with these leaders about, you know, on the highest levels in, in corporate across seven different countries. So I, I don't know that fear really truly is the root. I think fear is the response. But I think the root still hasn't really been reached. And fear may be the response. It may be a common response for the majority of people, but the reason they respond that way still may be rooted in different things for everybody. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So we yeah. still haven't really gotten to the root. Now, now ask the question again. <laughs> why, why is fear the response rather than freedom? Okay. This is Tammy, you guys, and I don't, th- I, I don't, I don't think that people choose fear over freedom. I just, I just think people don't know what freedom is or what it looks like, what it feels like because of so much pain that because we have we have been taught to live and accept lies from from birth. Well from the time of I'll say growing up. We've in my opinion, we've not really I guess been led to feel like we can be honest. We can speak our truth, whatever that is, because, again, in some cases, and not allowing people to, to have an excuse to lie, continuously lie, because I, I do think it's so important. I, I think about kingdom eyes, kingdom heart, and kingdom ears, because if we really would be honest, I can't judge you about your uh, – I can't judge your lies. I, I cannot. I can tell you what the what I perceive the truth to be, and I think in doing that, we really do 
if I have to use, I'll say set people set people free, no matter what, how that freedom looks like to them or what they do with that. But we have to always be willing to honor people by helping them manifest their truth and then allowing them to deal with it. So I don't know if they choose fear over freedom. I just think some people have never been enlightened on freedom. They've lived a life of fear all their lives. They've been taught to fear whether it's been intentionally or not, like the grandmother who tells the son, tells the grandson, you got to eat your food. That's that's you're a bad you're a bad boy if you don't eat your food when all these people are hungry. And then that sets in his mind. And there's so many things that has set upon, we've allowed to set upon us without challenging them with their truth, changing them because we've not been taught. So we're living from a pace of a place of pain, which is why, as David said, the lady goes off in a second. As a cash register, she goes off on a second on her husband, on her children, when someone pulls out in front of her. It's not about those little things, that those things that are happening now. It's so deep rooted until your roots don't. I mean, your roots don't look like mine, and your root may not be my root, and in most cases, it's not. But we don't allow people the the. I guess the feeling of trust, if I come back to the show and what you said earlier about people don't trust us enough to give us that truth because what typically what's the first thing we do? We judge that person without trying to find out why do you feel the need, that why do you feel that you have to lie to me about this? Do you not think I love you enough to help you manifest the truth out of this lie that you've been living or this thing that you did? So I don't know if it's really a choice that they make consciously, I would say. I would agree with that, Tammy. I would agree with it. And the only thing I would add to it is just another layer to it, if you will, is this thing is complex. And and people are complex, just as Tammy is saying. There's so many different reasons, which is why we have to bring this stuff to the Lord. The Bible says in, uh, I believe it's St. John chapter 8, you know, uh, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, you know, something to that effect. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall, yeah, it says make you free, not set you free, but make you free. That's St. John chapter 8. And we understand Jesus to be the truth. We understand that when Solomon wrote the Proverbs, that Solomon talks about uh, the wisdom, and he calls wisdom a she, and talks about you know, you bind her about, you know, your heart, you know, you honor her, you esteem her highly, all these things about the truth, because it's, it's, it's the truth. It's the truth that really sets people free <clears throat> from whatever is, bind, whatever is holding them or binding them. So since people are so complex, I mean, the counselor that you sit down and have a conversation with, they got something going on in their lives as well. And whether you're on the couch or whether you're sitting beside the couch, all of us need, we need Christ. We need the Holy Spirit. The Bible calls him the Allos Parokletos. He's the one who is sent alongside to help. We don't have the answers. We can sometimes articulate them and identify them, but the real resolution to solving them rest solely with God. So I would agree with Tammy. I don't know that 
in certain situations we necessarily choose, you know, one over the other. But I do know that people are complex, and we have a, a, a myriad of reasons for why we are the way that we are. But regardless of those ways that we are, every single one of us has one answer. That's Jesus. Mm. So um, I found this thing, and, and and it says the top three reasons why people choose fear over freedom. And, and again, this is just somebody's um, somebody's work, their opinion. Um, it's a guy named Nathan Whiteside. And number one, it says we are identified with our fears. We are identified with our fears by which I mean that our sense of self is inextricably linked to all of the deeper fears that we have. Uh, Number two, our fears are familiar to us. This has to do with the old saying, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. We often feel more safe with the familiar than with the unknown, even when the familiar is painful and miserable. And number three, we believe that our fears will keep us safe. This is one of the most fascinating aspects of ego consciousness that I've ever encountered. When we have a fear of something, naturally we avoid it. That is how a healthy fear of saber two tigers keeps us from getting too close to something that will probably kill us. So in our minds, we believe that having a fear of something will protect us from its harmful effect. The fear will prevent the calamity. And I think that when we talk about fear versus freedom, if we think about everything that we've ever learned about slavery, I often ask myself, how is it that one person can control 200? How is it that a small group can control a large group? And the only thing I can come up with is you have to reach deeper than what you can see. Because physically, slavery should have never happened. But if you go beyond what the eyes can see, then it starts to become more understandable how it could happen. And I think it is the same thing now when we talk about freedom. We will believe anything that is put in front of us, even if it means destruction, even if it means separation, even if it means I will no longer be be connected to the ones that I love or to the ones that I care about. And one of the things that I always say is that in order for somebody to effectively lie to you, they have to know the truth. When Jesus was in the wilderness and being tempted, he was quoted scriptures by the enemy. The difference was 
Jesus knew the scriptures. So he had something to fight with. Are we being lied to easily because we have no comeback? Are we being tricked into believing that we have to live a certain way or talk a certain way or doing things a certain way because we haven't taken the time out to learn, number one, who we are, number two, the creator that we constantly talk about. Do we know who he is or do we know an illusion of him? Do we know what somebody has put on paper? Do we know what somebody has put on the TV screen or on the radio? Or have we taken the time to actually get to know him? Do we have a relationship with God outside of church? Or is our relationship with him distorted? Is it watered down? Is the reason why our marriage or relationship because of us? Are we not successful in our careers or at work because of us? I think that is the fear that keeps us from finding the answers, that keeps us from being educated. Because with education, the challenge of change. And for some reason, we think that our ignorance will save us. That, hey, if I avoid the truth, you can't hold me accountable of the truth. But that's, a, that, that, that's an ignorant way of thinking. Because Think of it this way. I live in Virginia. Just because I go to New York doesn't mean I won't be held accountable for New York laws. And I will not get away with saying, well, I'm from Virginia. Because even though I'm from Virginia, when I'm in New York, I'm expected to know New York laws and follow them. In the same way, just because I don't know a woman has HIV doesn't mean that I'll be excused from having HIV if I sleep with her. Back to you hey, guys. Hey, Rodney, this, this is Tammy, and I want to, there's, there's two things I really want to get out. Um, I, I'm going to start with this, and then I really want to talk about, David brought up the Holy Spirit and I'm so so I don't know taken by it because that's something that you don't you don't hear people. I actually spoke about this a couple of Sundays ago about the the disconnect or just the the. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll say this: I heard a, a pastor tell me once that well, we don't speak about the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit because it scares people off. And and my I was taken by that because of course it led me to John 14 and 26, and I'm thinking, so if you're going to remove the Holy Spirit, then you might as well shut the church down because John 14 and 26 said, 
but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything, remind you of everything I have said to you, which we know is, is the truth. And like David said, and the truth will set you free. So we are not in pursuit. I'll go back to what I said earlier. We're not in pursuit of the Holy Spirit because guess what? Without, without the Holy Spirit, there's no true change of heart. There's no guiding. There is no reminding. And we need that. We, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to be guided. We need to be reminded. And I spoke about something that happened to me years and years ago. I purchased some mats from Walmart for my truck. I tore the mats preparing to put them in my truck. Tammy instantly says, oh, I'll just take them back and tell them they were torn when I, when I purchased them. The Holy Spirit instantly said back to Tammy, really? Are we still there? And as small as that mm-hmm. lie is, and I'm thinking, it's Walmart. They got money. I, I mean, really, like that's that's where I'm going. But, see, the Holy Spirit deals with you with those little things because those little lies will open up the bigger lies, those little things. Yeah. And we should be striving to allow the Holy Spirit to change our heart because it's, that's, that, that's it. I, I can't even change my heart. I can know that change needs to be made. But when I think about lying, even to the point there's a quote that says, um, like, unforgiveness is like taking poison and and expecting the other person to die. Same for lying. The same for lying. The same for lying. And so we have to get to that point where, and you have to, trust, you do have to understand your roots. You have to dig those roots up and figure out who am I? What what has what what has this root rooted in within me that leads me to tell this lie? And then the people that we have that we choose to lie to, why? And these mm-hmm. are questions you have to answer for yourself because again, what's planted in you is not planted in me. We all have our stuff. But my stuff is not your stuff. You could probably tell me your stuff, and I'd, I'd be like, whoa, I wish that was my stuff, because that's just how it is. And the same for me. And then sometimes we look at people and we we judge, thinking they've had this perfect life, and sometimes because they've, they've kind of led you to believe that way. Because hurting people really do hurt people. But at the same time, those hurting people are trying to protect themselves from being hurt anymore. They don't want to feel inadequate anymore. They don't want to feel like I'm not good enough. They're so over it. But the answer to that is in the word. It is the Holy Spirit because the word is the truth. The answer to that. So, David, I'm, number one, I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I almost never hear people talk about the Holy Spirit, especially in church. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you the last time I heard the Holy Spirit brought up in church. I can't tell you. And so we have to have a change of heart that is produced by the Holy Spirit to have a right relationship with God, to have that relationship that changes us, that makes us no longer want to be conformed to, the, to this world, to the patterns of this world. And the pa- one pattern of this world is to lie and accept lies. It's done everywhere, on the job, in the homes, at the church, everywhere. But if it's be if to do it, that means someone is accepting it. 
for it to continue. That means we are accepting of these lies. But I think the very reason we are is because we know we are we are part of those same lies, that we are living a lie. In most cases, we are living a lie. And when you want to dig up your roots, when you are focused on your roots, meaning that I can't even judge your roots, but I can sure, I'll sure get out there and help you dig them up because I got some of my own. That's when we, as a people of God, will begin to change, when we start to operate and live in truth. And how can we not? How can we not if we say that we are a part of this kingdom? How can we not? It's built on truth. How can we not? So I'm going to say, what is, what is the truth behind your lives? What is the truth or what's under your roots? What's above your roots? What, however you want to say it, whatever works for you. But I'll say you cannot leave the word out. You cannot leave the Holy Spirit out. And you cannot lie to yourself. And you certainly can't lie to God. You certainly cannot. So what what is the truth behind your lie? One day at a time. One lie at a time. But you got to go back. And if, if, if nothing else, you've got to be honest with yourself and operate in truth. Live in truth, no matter the consequences. Get to that place. Because, again, I, I still say I could have took the mats back. Walmart really wouldn't have, wouldn't have. But it's not about that. I don't have a relationship with Walmart. Walmart is not going to, to, to say yay or nay for me. I'm accountable, and I have to hold myself accountable. I'm not perfect. Trust me, I am not perfect. But I hold myself accountable, and I don't lie to myself about when I'm wrong. Mm. Wow. That's powerful. (laughs) I just want to say this real quick. Uh, We are winding down uh, tonight's show. Um, if you are listening um, online, whether it be in the chat room or just um, you, uh, you're listening to us um, another way online, please, please, please call in. Um, we're winding down here on the show. The number is 818-691-7406. Um, we are going to do our best to get you guys out of here on time. Um, before, before I move on, um, Tammy, are, are there any announcements? Um, not just yet. No, I'll, I'll wait on that uh, just for the sake of time. I don't want um, to miss anything. Uh, so let's. I'll just announce some things next week or the week after if we're not on next week. Okay. So I want okay. Uh, David to respond and then tell us about the book, how to get that out so that for the sake of time we'll hold off on that. And Debbie, you have no choice. You have to you, you have to respond and tell people about how to get your book. Even though we know <laughs> that's not why you tune in to tonight's show, but uh <laughs> Tammy and I would really love for you to give that information out. All right. I would definitely do it. You see I skated past the <laughs> the question twice. <laughs> Oh, we heard you, but you you must don't know Tammy very well. She was gonna come back to it. You gonna give out that information? <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. I'll be I would be happy to. 
Um, I just want to touch on just to, you know, to continue to layer um, all the good discussion that's already been been had and provide, you know, continue to provide some direction, you know, as the Spirit of the Lord leads, as Tammy has really brought out, that we need the Holy Spirit because it isn't enough to have intelligence if you don't have, if you don't have the Holy Spirit. You know, we don't do what we do because we're smart. God gave us a brain, but that brain can only take you so far, and you have to have the Holy Spirit who speaks to us in moments like how he spoke to Tammy in that situation where fear potentially took over. And we're going to put this within context of the show where fear potentially took over when she was installing those mats and they tore as she was installing them. Fear, if I can, if you allow me, fear in the back of her mind probably said, if I take these mats back in there and tell them that I tore them, they're probably not going to give me my money back. Right? <laughs> that, that's mm-hmm. rational thought rooted in the fear of loss. <clears throat> and, Rodney, you mentioned earlier about the top three. If I remember correctly, you said one of those reasons why we fear was, you know, we believe it keeps us safe or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I immediately thought of that when Tammy was describing the match at Walmart. Now, fear is an emotion. It's it's an emotion, and it ties into safety, right? There's that other part of the mm-hmm. brain that's the amygdala, and the amygdala is where we get fight or flight from. The amygdala is the part of our brain that interprets the safety of a situation. Are you friend or are you foe? Do I need to get ready to throw down or do I need to get ready to, to run, right? Fight or flight, <laughs> right? And what the body does is it floods what the brain does, that part of the body that amygdala does, is it sends a response to the body to flood the body with two things, with adrenaline and cortisol. And those things ramp us up to the extent that it puts us in a fight stage where we can literally fight for our lives or in a flight stage like if we're running from a tiger like you explained earlier. But let's say all of that stuff fails and it isn't that serious and it's something as simple as everyday living trying to live with integrity and it comes to a Walmart situation. We need the Holy Spirit to speak to us when our emotions run wild. But I I don't want people to think that just because you have emotions like fear, that that's a bad thing, because fear could save your life. Fear teaches us don't put your hand on the stove. It's going to burn you, right? Fear teaches us don't jump over this cage because there's a gorilla in there, and the gorilla might not like you too much, right? Fear. I'm not getting in there because I fear the gorilla's going to tear me up. But fear fear as an emotion is okay as long as it's held in check. But fear as a spirit is not. And any time your actions are overridden by a spirit of fear that causes you to lie, that's where the Holy Spirit, the power, the delivering power of the Holy Spirit, the guiding power of the Holy Spirit, that soothing voice of the Holy Spirit is needed. And so the answer to, well, how do I get beyond lying? How do I get beyond living in this state of fear? You probably will never get beyond fear because it's an emotion just like 
uh, you know, anger and disgust and shame and happiness and surprise. Those are all emotions. But when fear becomes a spirit for you, that it overshadows your life where it's ruining relationships because you can't help but lie, you need the power of God in the person of the Holy Spirit to set you free and to deliver you. And wherever you are listening to this, if I were you, I would close my eyes and lift my hands and ask God to help me, set me free. I don't want to be a liar, and I don't want to live with this fear that's ruining my relationships, that's causing me to say things that I really shouldn't be saying. David, before you give the information for your book, I really have to say this, um, and and I believe Tammy would agree. You have been a tremendous blessing to this show tonight. Yes. And everything that you have said has just been right on time. And we um, made a commitment through Tammy um, at the beginning of this year. Tammy said we were not going to do things the way that we normally have done, meaning create an event page on Facebook for the show and send invites to everyone we know. But just create the show on Blog Talk and then just post it out on Facebook. And whoever sees it, sees it. Whoever joins, joins. And and we were just going to go from there. And I can't I can't even begin to tell you how much of a blessing you were um, to tonight's show. And please know that you are always welcome on this broadcast because the things that you have said have been enlightful. Um, They have been wise and definitely things that anyone who has listened, can never say they didn't hear the truth. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So just so just know that. Um, and feel free to continue, um, but don't leave out the, 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 the information about your book or even how to get in contact with you. Don't leave that information out. Well, um, as as you all know, and I really appreciate I appreciate the opportunity. It what this space does is gives me a chance to really to continue to fulfill the mandate that's on my life with getting this word out there. Um, I wrote a book, Sunday Morning Stick Up: What Your Pastor Doesn't Want You to Know About Tithes. It's a number one bestseller, sells in seven different countries, and uh, the Holy Spirit just impressed upon me that um, I need to give away uh, the ebook. And there's an ebook with this uh, with this book as well. I'm gonna give away the ebook for free. And he says to give away. And I don't know why he said a million copies. Maybe that's in my mind. Maybe it's me. I don't know. But I just know it's in my spirit uh, to give away a million copies of this ebook. You know, uh, worldwide. So 
If there's anyone who's listening that would like to have a copy of this book, it's scripturally uh, sound, it's grounded in uh, scriptures, and uh, you can reach me at, uh, you almost can just Google me. Sometimes that's just the best way to do it. But my email address is media inquiries, like an inquiry, media inquiries with an S at sundaymorningstickup.com, media inquiries at sundaymorningstickup.com, or you can look me up on Facebook, YouTube, Google, David Lee, and you'll find me. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Wonderful. Thank you, David. And the the author still stands, as Rodney says, and you already know what I think you should do one of these nights a week. But (laughs) the author still stands, and thank you. You have truly been a blessing, Um, I'm sure, to our listeners, especially me as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Praise God. All right, guys, I'm going to give you the show back. I appreciate you having me on tonight. I'm going to turn it back over to you. You guys have a fantastic evening. Thank you. You too. Uh, Rodney, I think I am, um, I don't have, I think I've said it all that I need to say. I just, I hope that the show has been a blessing to our listeners as it has, I'm sure, to, to, to you as well as me for sure. So I'm just thankful. And people, again, don't take this. Lightly take it and do something with it. You can listen, 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 but without action, 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 consistent action, um, nothing happens. No changes take place. So, Rodney, over to you. And I've, I've had a, a. This has been a great show. So I'm going to end with. Um, I'm going to end with this. Um. A couple of weeks ago, Tam and I were talking, and uh, David, uh, I don't know if you're still with us, but my my computer is, is acting crazy. I think I got one of Tammy's computers because her and technology just don't get along. But anyway, I didn't put her business out there in the street. But, um, you know what that is. That's, that's somebody trying to stomp the truth. But that's okay because I got all my stuff back. My computer crashed, but... My tech guy, he got me working. So the devil didn't win here. <laughs> <laughs> so Tammy and I uh, were talking a couple weeks ago, and we were just talking about um, church and things that are put out there in church and things that you might hear and this, that, and the other. And one of the things that I that I was sharing with with Tammy was how the education summit that we had really almost two years ago now, um, how one person being there led to other opportunities and. I've always thought and was always told that, you know, you always need a covering. You always need to be, um, you know, on somebody's umbrella and things have to go a certain way. And um, it it was just, I don't know, like it was like if, if you were not a part of somebody, 
not necessarily God, but if you weren't like connected to somebody, then blessings weren't coming your way or things were not going to happen a certain way or, you know, you, you were just out of the will of God. And what I've learned is that a, a, a relationship, particular pastor or, or minister, is not a golden ticket. It's not a way into heaven. Because, number one, the Bible says that hell is being enlarged every day. So I don't understand why we constantly preach that everybody's going to heaven if that contradicts what the Bible says. That's number one. And I'm not saying people are going to heaven or hell. Don't 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 miss the message. But we're constantly given this false impression. And I've learned that there are so many things in the Bible that we are, I guess, taught wrongly about. And I had a chance to speak at a community college here locally, Martin Luther King Day. And from that, I was invited to speak at a church. Well, from that experience, I was invited to speak at another. And so my point is, if you are in God's will or if you're doing the work of your father, that is the only thing that matters to him. You don't have to get up and persuade people to give money. You don't have to get up and tell people that they are going to be blessed if they do X, Y, Z. All you got to do is get up whenever you are granted the opportunity and just be you. Somebody was trying to tell me today, oh, You need to find you a church. There's only one church I want to be a part of, and that is the church Jesus is coming back for. Because nothing nothing else matters. There are people who sit in church every Sunday for Sunday school, morning worship, and sometimes night service. There are people who go for Bible study. There are people who turn around and go for choirs. And those people are empty. I don't want their life. And I'm not saying going to church is a bad thing. Don't get get me wrong. Because if I find one where I'm like, okay, I want to go here every Sunday, I will gladly go. But I haven't found it yet. But one place I go every day, every day, I go to my creator. It may not be the most common way, may not be the most popular way, may not be the way that you think I should go. But every day I make sure that I honor him. 
And I'm reminded by scriptures like, how can you say that you love God who you've never seen, but you only you don't even love the person next to you. You don't even love your neighbor. So I don't dare say I love God and then turn around and say I hate the person next to me. I don't dare ask God for forgiveness knowing that I don't forgive other people. I don't dare sit and judge other people. Because I know that I don't want that type of life. I don't want God sitting in judgment of me. Because that might get ugly. And do I live by every single word of the Bible every single day? No. But there are also scriptures in the Bible that tell me, you know what? Be perfect, because God is perfect. I don't go by man's definition of uh, of perfection, because I know if I do, I can't live up to that. There are so many scriptures in the Bible that we think we know that we really don't. Why? Because somebody has lied to us. Somebody's lying to us. And don't worry, we're going to do this show again. Because what have, what have people told you? What have people told you that you believed and it was a lie? It was a lie. There are so many things in the Bible I'll give you one right now. Revelation twelve nine. The devil was hurled down to earth. He ain't never been to hell, but we're taught that in church. I rebuke you, Satan, cast you back to the pits of hell where you come from. He's never been there. But we don't take the time to read the word for ourselves. So the reason why the truth ain't in us is because we don't seek the truth. The truth behind the lie is what you see is not real. It's what you don't see that's real. And until we can get out of our own way, we will never find the truth. I think it's been a long time, Tammy, since we've gone over the time. But I also remember that those were our best shows when we went past 11 o'clock my time and 10 o'clock your time. But to everyone who tuned in tonight, we really appreciate you guys. We love you guys. And we hope that you'll join us for our next broadcast. Have a blessed week. Good night, everybody.
But I know 